Well, good morning. It's a privilege and a blessing to be here uh, with so many friends. And like Dr. Brantley said, that's a relationship that's a lifetime. And it's, uh, I appreciate the introduction. I remember Vance Havner one time, as far as introductions are concerned, he said, Lord, forgive that man for everything he said, and forgive me for enjoying it so much. So, <laughs> I'm going to ask if, if you will this morning, uh, we're going to talk about the cross for a few minutes, and, uh, but I want to start by asking you to turn to a passage of Scripture in Isaiah, the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 53. The emphasis, and I know you saw it this morning, through the orchestra and, and uh, through the choir, is on the blood, it's on the cross. We have this insignia on the wall in a prominent place to remind us of the centrality of what our Christian faith is all about. Jesus coming to this world. If you go back and read the Bible, read it, search it, let it search you, you'll find early in Genesis that this warfare was initiated. You remember, Adam and Eve, Eve fell. And the Bible pictures and depicts Satan and God in a conversation. The beginning of this war that you and I are involved in today. And I know you, you know that in that passage of Scripture, Genesis 3.15, you don't have to turn to it, God said, you're going to bruise my heel, referring to the cross, but I am going to bruise your head, meaning he was going to go to Calvary and settle our salvation. The war ended when Jesus Christ went to Calvary through the grave through the resurrection. He's here today. The Spirit of God. Let Him touch your heart. Let Him minister to you. We've praised Him. We love Him. Amen. If you love Jesus Christ, say amen. There's no doubt about that. We all love Him. Why did He die? There were three crosses on that hill that day. He came for the purpose, the purpose of going to that cross. You cannot understand this Bible and all that's in it, all the references to Him, all the things that are said about Him, all the things that he said about himself. And even into the New Testament, when Gabriel and the angels and Zechariah and all of them were talking, John the Baptist, even into the New Testament, behold the Lamb of God. Lamb. Isaiah 53. Look at it with me very quickly. This is probably the high water mark in the Old Testament. 
of prophecy concerning our Savior. Look what Isaiah said about him. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form, nor comeliness. I don't have time to interpret this for you, but look at these, let them speak to you. When we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Talking about Isaiah, talking about the beating, the, the crucifixion, and all that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to go through. The New Testament's full of it. Look at verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. I'm reading out of the King James, I think, yeah. Out of the King James, look at this. But if you're reading a different version, he was wounded for our transgressions, yours, mine. He was bruised. For our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. That's Jesus Christ. That's Isaiah talking about him. You go back and trace the history of Jesus through the Old Testament, all of the prophecies concerning the blood sacrifices, what were they for? They were all, each and every one, depicting the New Testament sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ that we've been singing about this morning. And I trust, and I made this statement in the first service, I trust that you sung as the choir led us and the orchestra, the words and not just the hymn. You cannot get any better theology than we just sang. Have you surveyed the cross? Have you? Has the blood work of Christ cleansed your soul? It's either or. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish eternal 
separation from God, but have eternal life. Now I want to emphasize now the love of God, the justice of God. You know where you see both of them? Right here. God had to punish sin. And I say it at the risk of being misunderstood, but not even God could just say from heaven is forgiven. He couldn't do it. The price had to be paid. And the price was what we just read about that Isaiah prophesied and that the New Testament on every page talks about the blood of Jesus Christ. I want you, if you are a Christian, and as Dr. Brantley just prayed, I pray that the Spirit of God, this is His moment. Not, this is not about porky hands or anything. This is about meeting and having a personal encounter. We're not just talking about some it, some wispy, vaporous, smoky thing. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And he went, go ahead, if you want to, if you want to clap, you do it. I have to, I listen, Becky told me, she said, Porky, don't you get up there and hoot and holler. But I'm going to tell you, I love the Lord Jesus Christ, and when I think about him going to, and I know, I know how evil I can be. I know what my heart's capable of. Friend, I don't care who you are, I know what your heart's capable of, and so does God. At the bottom end of the day, you know what? You're evil. We're evil people. But God loved us enough that he left heaven. That journey, if you will. Can you picture him leaving glory, coming to this earth, the humiliation, the blasphemy, all of the treatment that he endured. I could spend the rest of our lives in here talking about it. He never opened his mouth. He fulfilled everything Isaiah said to the letter. He kept saying in the New Testament, my hour, the hour, for this purpose I came. And again, I remind you what John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God. And that's why he came. That's what he was. He came as a sacrifice for you and me. Let me ask you to take just a second and let the Spirit of God search your soul this morning. I know that when you come to a public gathering like this and fellowship like this, you're not wanting to flaunt and make public and you know, highlight the, the issues that, we, that all of us deal with. But let's be honest for just a minute. <laughs> we all need the strength and power of God to live each moment 
of every day. Would you agree with that? Are you doing that? Have you truly went to the cross? Turn with me for just a second to the book of Philippians. Philippians, I'm going to give you a minute to find it. Chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. By the way, you know what one of the most pleasing, pleasant sounds in the universe is? is to hear the pages of the Word of God. <laughs> Amen. Wear it out. Let it get in your heart and soul and search you. That's what the Bible says of itself. All Scripture, all of it, is given by God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training. Training what's right, what's not right, how to get right. The Word of God says of itself, the Word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and is a, listen, discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, the soul of man, the part of us that's going back to God. The Bible says in Hebrews, it is appointed unto man once to die, and then comes judgment. Dr. Brantley, if I start running along, you hold your hand up, okay? Y'all, amen. Y'all better help you didn't get out of all Scripture, all of it. And you know what? When Paul told Timothy, when he, when he gave him the commission, he said, study, not just read it, study to show thyself approved a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Are you studying the Word of God? Charles Spurgeon said one time that there's enough dust on many people's Bibles to write the word damnation in. Is your Bible dusty? Dust it. Read it. Study it and allow God to use it to cleanse your heart. Philippians chapter 2. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love and any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord by... We can speak a month on that. Being of one accord... Of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Listen, let each esteem others better than themselves. Are you living that? Now, you're going to have to answer to God for it. I didn't put that there. But Paul knew it. You know why? Because Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, a Benjamin, you know, from the tribe of Benjamin, learned, studied under a man named Gamaliel. He was in that day in the captain's seat. 
He was. He lived the law. The law says of itself, he lived the law almost to perfection. Paul. And then he's on the way one day to, to Damascus, of all things, persecuting Christians because he thinks he was right. He lived for it. God touches him, puts him down, starts talking with him, commissions him. And we have the results of that. I don't know what happened in the three years that Paul spent in Arabia with God. But I know this, the Bible says specifically, he didn't go to Jerusalem to talk to the disciples and the apostles. That's not what he spent time alone with God. Verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Listen, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He let all that stuff go. For you and me, he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is what? What does it say? Lord. I don't know many of you. Thank you for all of the gracious things that many of you have said to me. And I, two or three people have come up and said, I've heard so much about you. And that makes you kind of wonder, to be honest with you. But uh, I appreciate the time I've had with each and every one of you this morning. But can I tell you this? What we just read, what we just read about the Apostle Paul is available for you and me this morning. God is a God of love. He loved you so much that He came to this earth, went through the most torturous death that the human mind can... I don't think our minds could possibly... The movies that we see that, it, that uh, emphasize the horror and all of the beating, I don't think they touch what happened on that cross that day when Jesus Christ was hanging there and said, Father, it is... Y'all know how to finish that? It is what? Finished. He didn't say, God, I got a bunch of it done. That's not what he said. He didn't say, I left them a good example to follow. He didn't say, I told them to live the Sermon on the Mount because you can't touch the Sermon on the Mount. Much less God's interpretation of it when he told them what we just read there is absolutely it is absolutely essential that the Spirit of God, the power of God in our souls, the life of God. Henry, one of my favorite authors is a man named Andrew Murray. And Andrew Murray, in one of his, uh, he was giving credit to a book, and, and he made this comment on the back of it. He said, the most 
informative book that I have ever read on this subject. It was called The Power of the Spirit. Now, you know he's here now, right now. We live in him. In Acts, we're told we live, we move, and we have our being in him. Is that true of you? Have you come to a point in your life where you know, you know, you're a sinner? The things that the human mind are capable of are almost unimaginable. And we're living in a day and age when this is being tossed. It is. That's why a church like Sweat Memorial is so prominent. Preach it, teach it, live it, sing it. Whatever you've got to do to get the message of the cross out to the people because it is the only way that a person can know Jesus Christ. Period. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When you gave your life to Christ, when I gave my life to Christ, somehow, I don't know how it happened, but I know this, the Spirit of God entered into my soul, your soul. A.W. Tozer wrote a book about that, and he called it a divine afflatus, an intervention of God into the life and soul of a human being. And thank God he did. People say, well, what about all the time that the people lived before Jesus came? God had it. There's not a person that God ever loved to die and go to hell because His grace is more powerful than the devil. Are you glorifying? Turn with me to, to Galatians right quick. I, I do want to just read one or two verses from Galatians, Galatians chapter uh, 6, Galatians chapter 6, you look at that with me right quick. And I want you to notice what Paul's writing about here. Galatians chapter 6. I'll get there. Y'all give me just a minute. Look at verse 12. Oh, there's so much rich material in here to feed our souls. Look at verse 11. In Galatians, Paul had started these churches. And after he left, people are coming in and they're teaching all kinds of things. In this case, Judaizers are going in there and they're telling the men, it's okay to say you're, Jesus, you're, you're a child of God, but you've also got to be circumcised. Well, let me tell you something. You don't have to do anything after you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And any teaching that leads or tries to instruct us away from the power of God through that cross is a lie from Satan. It is. Galatians chapter 6. You see how a large 11, you see how large a letter I have written unto you with my own hand? 
as many as desire a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest you should suffer, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cause of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice this. By whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Are you a new creature? Are you? Did you know I believe with all my heart the church is filled up with people who, know, who think they are. You know, there's passage in, I think it's Matthew, that's scary. Men are standing in front of him, and this is what they say. Lord, Lord, haven't we done all this wonderful stuff? You know what he said? Depart from me. I never knew you. Does he know you? Have you been separated from the world, as he says there? Or crucified? You know what that means? It means that he came to a point in his life when God saved him that he looked at all that he was, all that he did, all that he accomplished, and I could take you to Philippians. In fact, no, I won't go there because it takes so much time, but none of that mattered. None of it. It's simply coming to a point, like right now, in this beautiful sanctuary, and the quietness of this worship service <laughs> and embracing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's that simple. Very, very hard, but also the way to Jesus Christ. Look at Galatians. I think it's verse 2, uh, yeah, chapter 2. Look at chapter 2 and verse 20, I believe. Yeah, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul says, I am crucified. Notice what he's emphasizing with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself me. You know why God came? You know why God sent Jesus? If you go through the Bible, there's several references. It says he set his face steadfastly to go to Jerusalem. He knew what was going to happen there. He knew what was going to And his disciples did their best to keep him out of there because saying things like, if you go in there, Herod is going to kill you. And he said, you tell that fox, I'll be there in a couple of days. 
You know when he entered in, he said, I'll be there at the exact moment. <laughs> my God, my Father has ordained. Paying the price for your sin, for my sin. Let me just say this. I don't care how deep you are, how far away from God you are. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't, it's not about your family. It's about a relationship. I don't care if it's drugs, sex, you name it. God can deliver you. I'm going to close with one little passage. Script. Turn to Galatians chapter 1 right quick, and we're going to close. Verse 4. Well, let's read the first four verses, and then we'll close. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. If you believe that, say amen. Say it again. Amen. Can you imagine that morning, him walking up? Remember the Emmaus Road? He's just trotting along with these guys, and they're all in a tether talking about all this stuff. And he just sort of says, what you guys talking about? And they responded by saying, you're the only man in Jerusalem that doesn't know. What are you talking about? He said, Christ. He was crucified this morning. There they are walking with him. I think a lot of us experience that. I think a lot of us sometimes need to. The Bible says he opened their understanding. And that's what I pray will happen. Look at verse 3 now. Grace be to you, peace be from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Notice that he might deliver us from this present evil world. According to the will of God and our Father. I trust today, right now, if there's someone here who has never given their life to Jesus Christ, first of all, I wanna I wouldn't want to leave here without doing this. I want to challenge you to get in this book. This just just church emphasizes the word of God good Sunday schools, teachers, music, doctors, theology. Study it. Learn it. Let it work in your heart and soul. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you talk to someone. If you're a believer and you're having a fight with the devil, I don't care what it's about, and need guidance, need help, remember this. The Lord Jesus Christ, through the Spirit of God, can and will deliver you. You will.